Groovaholics. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Birthed by a love of music, we're all about culture. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. If you gain value from this podcast, personally share it with a friend and explain your favorite part. Let's get groovy. Groovy. Welcome everyone to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live local regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York and the surrounding area. I am your host, Ben Albert, and I am excited. It's been a long day, but I'm here. We're mellowed out. I'm with Jeanette of the Enlightened Studio, and we're going to have a hell of a time today, right? Uh, Next word. Uh, yeah, you can swear as much as you want. Fuck yeah. I don't think Facebook's going to censor me, and the podcast has already been deemed explicit by iTunes. So. Okay. I don't know if you have, you know, um, a vibe that you're trying to go with. Uh, yeah. I guess the whole vibe here is I just kind of want to shoot the shit and have real conversations. I swear sometimes, not a ton. If a guest doesn't swear, we won't swear. You want to say fuck? I want to swear. I want to be natural. That's what we'll Let's do. do this. All right. We'll do. And this is going to be a lot of fun because um, Jeanette is a freelance artist here in Rochester. As many of you already know, uh, she runs the Enlightened Studio. You've seen her shirts all around town. You've seen her artwork. And we'll get to talk a little bit about what that uh, life is like being an artist here in Rochester. And, um, how long have you been doing, you know, this freelance kind of work for? Um, I started the Enlightened Studio in 2017, officially. Um, I've been doing art my whole entire life, and I went to art school for three years, and I'm now in art school again at MCC doing graphic design. But um, I've done art on and off my whole life, um, and I started seriously doing it again in 2016 that's when I kind of decided that's what I wanted to do with my life and um, that's where the enlightened and enlightened studio Mm -hmm. comes in because I I realized you know it was a realization and um, so yeah 2017 to now three years it's been that I've been I've been grinding trying to make this thing work yeah and it's finally coming together it takes a long time you know you know yeah, and, and it's, I'm sure you'd agree, it's a ton of fun. And if it wasn't fun, I mean, that's part of why it's so rewarding, right? Yes, it is. It's fun when you accomplish things and meet your goals. But in the in-between time, it's, it's not always fun. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's a struggle. Yeah, but I, I'm definitely getting to the point where it is more fun more of the time (laughs) in a matter of speaking sure yeah i'm sure you've gotten better at it too and then as the the learning curve shortens becomes a little bit more fun when you know what you're doing yes and um you can take more creative license and take more risks Mm -hmm. when you get better at your craft 
which makes it more enjoyable. So from like a bird's eye view, what are the the kind of artwork you do? Um, Just for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. So I do a little bit of everything. Um, As I said, I've been doing this my whole life. So I I do a lot. Um, My... um, my specialties are watercolor, ink. Um, I do a lot of monochromatic work. So like ink, charcoal, pencil is my comfort zone. But yeah, I've been, I've been working on painting more. Um, so watercolor, I've been practicing a lot and enjoying a lot. I also like to paint in gouache. Um, I paint small a lot. So, um, so gouache is like an acrylic paint. It's like a bridge between acrylic paint and watercolor paint and it's good for doing small things. So that's kind of where I've, I've floated. I got away from the acrylic and doing big things and uh, yeah, I got to wash and doing smaller things. Awesome. So yeah. And then, you know, the digital stuff, I do digital paintings and, um, and, and logos and things with graphic design posters. So. Love it. Love it. So what are you working on right now? Um, I just finished the commission. Um, my first commission, I posted it on my page, the Enlightened Studio on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, I just did a portrait of a mother and her children. Um, it's like a seven-year-old and a newborn. And they're sitting in the mother's bed. The mother is breastfeeding. And the person who commissioned the portrait said that they really like Star Wars and the mom named the newborn Leah or Leia mm. after Leia in Star Wars, yeah, which is right. pretty cool. So um, she wanted me to work that in there. So I put the Death Star in the background through okay. a window, and I painted on um, the Rebel Alliance logo on the on the seven year old girl's girl's dress. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the commissioner was very happy. Very it. very yeah, she loved it. Yeah. So that went really well, and I have some more things lined up, which is super awesome. Um, going independent, I was worried about having work, um, but it's 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 trickling in, you know, more than I expected that it would. And people have been really awesome, um, as any artist knows, and we say this all the time. There's a lot of ways that you can support artists. And one of the easiest and cheapest ways to support an artist is by just by sharing their work, you know, Mm -hmm. sharing their posts. And I've had a lot of people supporting me in that way, which has been really helpful and getting me more jobs. So thank you, everybody who's been doing that. I appreciate you guys. And yeah, it means a lot. I need your support. So. And if you're listening right now, share this, tell people what you love about it. And uh, we might as well um, address this now. How do people keep in touch with you? How do they look you up and share you? Instagram, The Enlightened Studio, and Facebook, The Enlightened Studio. And those are the only websites that I have right now. Um, I will eventually have a website, but it's it's not my focus right now. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I don't really need one if you've got the Instagram and the Facebook and it's a visual element. Yeah, I think that a website can be more organized and a lot easier to look at. And I think that's the point. But, um, and, you know, there's a professionalism about it. 
um, like, oh, you're you're serious enough that you spent money or you spent the time to make your own nice website. You know, just it just looks good. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right. It's not really necessary. Yeah, it does look good for your long-term portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody's listening to this live, RochesterGroupcast.com is currently down, so I don't have anything to show for that. Currently down. But if you're listening to this five years from now, um, my website's actually completely in virtual reality. Right now, so. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, so you just finished a commission. It went really well. Yeah. Has there been any other projects or accomplishments that you were really proud of? Um, recently, I mean, I guess like I quit my job. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I quit my job. Um, so, so that's really exciting. Um, scary, mm-hmm. but I'm super blessed that I have an awesome boyfriend who supports me and um, enables me to do this. So, um, yeah, what I love that. that. It's great. I couldn't hear you there. Oh, when I was talking about my awesome boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's great. We're, so. we're actually at Jeanette, or Nettie, as a lot of people know, we're, we're at her crib here hanging out, so he's in the background there. So yeah, that's probably, besides the, the piece that I just finished, that's probably my other most recent thing that I'm really proud of. Oh, I'm also vending again, which great. is great. I haven't vended in like two years. So um, so I'm vending yeah. at the Southwich Market, and um, I'm pretty regularly producing new artwork or like framing old artwork. So I have like 10 pieces right now that I'm putting on my table, and... Every time I sell at least one, I sold two the first time, I sold one the second time, and I sold some prints, and I, I'm selling my t-shirts too, so um, so yeah, yeah, it's good. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm That's excited. awesome. And you have stickers too. Yes. So at the yeah. very least, if you, if you don't have the cash to buy a full piece right now, you need to come, you need to get a sticker, mm-hmm. put it on your car, put it on uh, your favorite guitar. Yeah. That's something that we see a lot around Rochester. Is there a name behind that logo that you made t-shirts? Oh, yeah. It's called Rottenchester. Okay. Rottenchester. Rottenchester. Yeah. So the story behind Rottenchester. Oh, yes. You got one on right now. Yeah. Um, um, My mom is from Georgia. And so she's lived up here since she was like 23 or something. She's been up here over half her life and she doesn't like it. I don't know why she's still here. Mm-hmm. She has ambitions of going back down to Georgia, but she just hasn't yet. But um, in the winter, winters are really hard for her. She has seasonal depression and she misses where she, where she's from. Sure. And um, so when I was a kid, she would call Rochester Rottenchester. And, you know, I think we all have a love hate relationship with this city. Right. So, um, I, the way that I expressed that within myself was, you know, reaching back to that memory and making a design out of it. I like that. And I almost like, you know, turning it into a humorous thing because part of why I know I love Rochester so much is because there is a little bit of a love-hate relationship, which is 
it's realistic. It's raw. You know, there's all kinds of people in Rochester. There's all kinds of everything here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've lived here my whole life. Yeah. In my most recent ad campaign for the shirt, um, I said, I, had, I came up with a little slogan called Bless This Mess. And I think that pretty much, you know, sums up the feeling, the love-hate feeling. You know, it's like this place is, there's there's a lot of problems, but there's also a lot of great things about it. And it's like, you just wish for the best and keep working for the best for it and make it, make it what you want it to be, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I love it here. There's an incredible amount of great musicians, good artists, awesome people um, that I'll know and be friends with my whole life. So Rochester's done a lot for me personally. Yeah. I know that much. Yeah. And I've been trying to leave for a long time, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to happen. I think I'm, I'm, it's, it's got me in its, its gravitational pull, you know, the, the network. That I've developed in the family that I've developed here and the connections and stuff. So too bad. So, it always does. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say about Rochester specifically, too. Mm-hmm. You'll mean, leave, but you'll come back. You will come back. The rent is cheap. The rent is cheap. <laughs> You'll be back. And um, we're here in the city of Rochester. Things have been closed down due to COVID, and it's really kind of shook everybody up. Just in regard to walking to your local coffee shop or going to a show or going to an art store, um, how has this changed your life in the past four months? And has it given you the ability to focus more on your art? Did it kind of uh, send you in a different direction or has COVID affected you at all? Yes, um, I definitely, I don't think that I would have made the jump to independent Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for COVID. Um, the events that happened in, um, like when COVID, when, when non-essential workers first went home and the events that ensued after that, um, with my employer really like pushed me to make that, to, to get out and, and make that jump. Um, so, so yeah, I don't think it either wouldn't have happened yet or it wouldn't have happened at all, but it wouldn't have happened yet, probably. I was planning on working there for the rest of the summer, and then um, I'm going to school in, in the fall, so I was going to quit and focus on school. But, yeah, it kind of happened a little bit prematurely. So, um, so yeah, and definitely um, self-isolation. You know, definitely there's, there's not as much to do. There's no music, which music is a huge part of my life. I don't go out as much anymore. But I still like to go out and have fun and see music. And with none of that going on right now, there's no festivals. You know, what do you do? You do, you, you have hobbies, you know, you work. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely pushed me further to, to work on my craft and my skills for sure. It's, it's good to hear that because it's... It's easy to get reclusive and stressed with everything going on and to see that you made that step mm-hmm. even earlier that you, than you anticipated. That's a huge step in the right direction, right? So Yeah, and stress um, definitely happened too. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But yeah. Um, but you've had a lot more time to focus on your art, go um, 
work as a freelancer and focus mm-hmm. on getting new commissions. Um, so what do you what are you currently looking to do in terms of commissions? If someone's listening and they have a need, are there certain things that you're super good at or enjoy doing that you'd love to, to help someone out with? Yeah, so my focus right now is portraits and graphic design. So um, making marketing materials for businesses like um, posters, flyers, business cards, logos. Um, I can't do websites right now. I'm learning website design next semester at school, so I'll be able to add that to my repertoire soon. But um, so, yeah, those are the services that I offer right now. Um, and then, um, I also do tattoo design, which has been, I haven't been advertising that, but, um, it's something that I would like to get back into for sure. Um, and I feel like there was something else that I was thinking about adding, but, um, Zach and I, Zach and I were thinking about starting to do, to take on screen printing projects. Cool. But I think that's there's still some time before we do that, and um, I don't know if that's actually going to come into fruition because he's working again now, and I can't do that by myself because I, I have too much other stuff going on. So I think I might the screen print, printing might just be for like personal production. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, that's a possibility. You've so, got a lot of experiences for uh, screen printing, right? Yeah, I worked at a screen printing shop for a year and a half, and I also did my own personal screen printing. So I know little about it. Are you doing it on shirts? Is it mostly something that you would put on like a paper or a board? Um, for me, I do mostly clothing. Yeah. So um, t-shirts and patches right now. Cool. Um, maybe in the future, depending on how sales of my designs go, I might branch out and do other things like on um, like hoodies, for example. I don't think that I'll end up doing paper prints. Mm-hmm. I think it's mostly going to be clothing. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I, patches are the hottest new thing right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, people like to take their art with them, you sure. know, and right. it's easy to accumulate t-shirts and have too many. Um, and I think patches are a little bit more manageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, um, like portrait sketches. So mm-hmm. if I wanted you to sketch me, I, I could have that done. Yes, yeah, that would be cool. And I do portraits for all price brackets. Like sure. if you're if you're low income and want to get something expensive, I can just do fine art. Um, if you want to go all the way, you know, I can do a painting, um, digital portraits. You know, there's there's something for everybody. For yeah. sure. And the the cover photo I used for this event. And I'm going to use that for the cover photo of the podcast. That was a sketch you did of yourself? Yeah, that's a digital painting. Interesting. Yeah. So what is a digital painting? So a digital painting is done on Photoshop, typically using a drawing tablet. Hmm. Yeah, and it's much more forgiving because I can correct my mistakes a lot easier. Um, With acrylic paint, the paint dries really fast, which is okay. It would just... Um, I would just end up having to um, do a lot of layering, whereas on Photoshop, obviously, I can just delete it. You know, I can just delete what I did sure. and redo it. So, um, so yeah, it's much more forgiving and um, 
easier in a way, like just like any medium, like there's a lot to learn. It takes a lot of practice, but um, yeah, I can, I can get things done a lot more quickly too, which makes it more cost effective for the client. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Digital painting is going to be much less expensive than a real acrylic painting. Is it hard? So I know personally my handwriting is bad as it is, but anytime I'm trying to draw or write something digitally, it's even worse. How do you fine tune it? Do you have like a tablet that you're using like a pen on? How, how does that work? Yeah, I have a drawing tablet. It's like yay big. And um, something like 10 inches. Yeah, we're all good. Cool. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, it's this guy. So it's like slightly bigger than maybe a Kindle or a... When it comes with this little pen. And um, so yeah, that's what I... That's what I use for mm -hmm. digital painting. Nice. Um, yeah. It's fun. I might just... I might want to just like pay five bucks just to do a signature on there. So when I have to e-sign things... Yeah. You just punch yeah, them Yeah, totally. Those are you cool. You can do that before you leave. Yeah, I've seen those, but I've never actually had one. It's got to be fun mm -hmm. to play with. You can play with colors and everything like that. Yeah, it is. It's a little tricky, though, because mm -hmm. um, it's really sensitive. Mm -hmm. And, like, I can do a straight line on a piece of paper easier than I can do it on this. So this is it's, it's a little wobbly in that. So it takes a lot of practice to kind of, like, get through that. Sure. Which makes it makes the, um, the digital drawing a little difficult. But, um, you know, obstacles of the trade, I guess. Things you gotta learn. Yep. Out of the, the, the ins and outs of the trade. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, so, is there, is there any, you know, life experiences or mentors or people in your life that really drew you to art? Um, obviously everybody has a little bit of artistry in them. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody can appreciate good art and everybody can dabble with it. Yeah. I know personally, I've never had that skill where if I, I can imagine it, if I try to do it. Yeah, it's just like anything. It's just about wanting to do it. You know, if you wanted to do it, then you could do it. You know, but sure. it's just not an interest. Right. I think personally, I just was starting at such a low ability that maybe I talked myself in created a self-fulfilling prophecy that since I stink at this, I'm, I stink at this. And then mm -hmm. you continuously stink throughout your life. But right. little did you know, you could have been Picasso, but you just uh, had a bad attitude the whole time. I'm not sure if that's what happened. Yeah. But that enough about me. I'm curious what brought you to art. And, you know, mm -hmm. there are any times in your life that you're just like, yeah, I, I love this. Mm -hmm. And, um, to go on about like what you were saying sure. about um, you know like not being good at something and telling yourself that you can't do it, I feel like there's the idea of talent, you know, and I, I think that talent is a real thing, but um, it takes practice, just like anything. Like I'll I'll post something online and people will be like, "Oh, you're so talented! You're so talented!" And I'm like, maybe, but. It took me a long time. It took me a lot of practice and a lot of learning and watching a lot of YouTube videos and going to school to learn how to do this, you know? 
And that's when it's hard when you're an artist, even like whether you're a visual artist or an audio artist, like when people um, don't value you highly or don't want to pay for your work or, you know, you tell them how much you want to charge for something and they tell you that it's too expensive. You know, it's, it's hard to hear that sometimes when people don't value your work because you're putting your life into that just like anybody else, just like a doctor, you know, a doctor is, you know, that's extreme, but you know, carpenter, um, anybody who goes to school and learns something, you know, you're just as valuable as they are, but you're just, it's hard because we have a service that we're offering that isn't essential. Sure. You know, so that, you know, I think makes it worth less in people's minds. And quickly, I'd make the argument that it is essential and should be treated as essential Mm -hmm. because if art and music bring happiness and joy and reduce stress Mm -hmm. and create healthiness and happiness in people, you live longer, Mm -hmm. you're a better parent, you're a better friend because you're happy and you're enjoying yourself. We're miserable. What's the point of even living? And if art can bring joy, mm-hmm. why is that not essential? Yeah, I feel like it's not that it's mm-hmm. essential. I think you're right. It's just that it's undervalued. Like people sure. don't realize how important it is. And people don't realize that it's literally everywhere you look. You know, like this house that we're in right now was mm-hmm. designed. This house is a work of art. Oh my God, the you architecture. Know, everything. It's everything. Everything. Every little detail. Yeah. So, yeah, you're totally right. But um, what was the question I was supposed to be answering? I'm just curious. Oh, mentors. Yeah, yeah, what what brought you into art? So, um, I've never really had a mentor. It's just something that I've always liked to do. Like, I was the kid who, like, I've been drawing since I was a toddler. Um, My mom tells this story sometimes where um, she got an IQ test for me and for my brothers who are six and three years older than I am. And I wasn't old enough at the time to take the IQ test. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess while my brothers were taking the IQ test, I, I don't know how old I was. I was a toddler, but I guess um, I drew a picture of Bart Simpson and it was better than you would expect a three-year-old's drawing to be. Sure. And um the doctor was like, I think you got another one to my mom. That's what, that's what she said. And you know, it's cool. Um, so, so yeah, I've been drawing since I was a little kid. When I was in third grade, I drew a whole deck of my own Pokemon cards. (laughs) And, um, yeah, art was my favorite art and biology were my favorite subjects in school, which I think you can see in my art mm-hmm. with the skulls and the animals. Skulls and, and eyeballs. And yeah, and yeah. I love science. So, um, yeah, I it's just something that I've always liked to do. And um, I didn't have a lot of support to be an artist when I was a kid. Um, from my family and especially my dad, not to like, you know, not that I'm talking down on anybody, but I think this is pretty normal to get from your parents. Like, you know, just being concerned about taking on a career that way. Sure. 
Um, I think a lot of people think that it's not going to be like a fruitful endeavor. It's going to be really hard. You know, there's a whole idea of the starving artist. Mm -hmm. So um, I wasn't encouraged to do it, but I did it anyway, obviously. Um, so, so yeah, I've been pretty on my own for much of my career. Um, the mentors that I have found are just, you know, people on the internet whose artwork that I like people around me, my friends, you know, I see so many of my friends doing really well and, you know, I'm so driven and ambitious and we're young and starting our own businesses and living our lives. And yeah, I find a lot of inspiration from that. Um, like specific people, um, like Riley, mm -hmm. Riley Smiley, right? Right. Demora. Yeah. Is that last name? Riley and her sister Sky. Right. are awesome, super talented artists who always blow me away. Mm -hmm. um, Art of Riley Smiley. Yep. And um, Gabby is very inspiring. Just, you know, her ambition, how go, go, go she is. Um, sometimes go, go. when... Yeah. Isn't that, I think she has a website. Yeah, go, go, yep, go. and she says that a lot herself. Yeah, so um, when I'm feeling down you know, and depressed and, you know, unmotivated. Sometimes I'll think about her and be like, get up, go. And I'm a pretty ambitious go person too, but, you know, we all have those moments. Um, you, you know, you're an inspiring person. You and this podcast, you've been doing this for like three or three years, three or four years. Three years. Um, I did take a couple hiatuses, so I... Mm -hmm. To, to be honest, I'd say I got about two two years of it in me. Yeah. So you've been very driven, like yeah. doing CrossFit festivals and, you know, just, just pushing it and trying to make it into something. And it takes a long time, but, you know, we stick with it. So, so yeah, my mentors are my friends, you know. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm happy you name-dropped all these great people. I mean, Riley Smiley does... Edible, like psychedelic sketches, posters for festivals. Mm -hmm. um, Sky Gamora has been doing like Star Wars artwork, like a Yoda. And she's like, she's young. She's yeah. like 21 or 22, right? Something like she's that. Killing it. Sculpting, like she's been doing it her whole life. Yeah. And those all sorts of other local artists mm -hmm. that inspire me. Like um, there's this woman named Shawnee Hill who does really awesome, like, dark portraits, mm -hmm. dark portraiture and animals. Um, there's Jason, uh, Justin Suarez, Mr. Pervert, as most people know him. Okay. He's awesome. Um, Crook and uh, Range and the Fuwa crew, mm -hmm. they're really awesome. I used to want to do graffiti when I was younger, so I, I really looked up to those guys for a while. Um, Mike Terzanski. Is he's Dip Dripper on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, he's an amazing artist. Um, hmm. He did, like, if you've been in that bathroom at Swilberger, okay. he's, he did the murals in there, and he does some of their, like, t-shirt designs and stuff. Go check that yeah, out. Drippy, drippy cool stuff. Cool. So, yeah, there's all sorts of people. That's awesome. Yeah. And I like it. I, first off, I love that you mentioned all these local artists. Mm -hmm. There's so much talent here in Rochester. You also mentioned... You know, finding people online, mm -hmm. and that's the one thing that I massively credit, like 
so much of my motivation and my experience and my learning from is we live in a world where you can find anything you want and you can learn everything. There's tutorials on everything. There's people always doing it better than you are. And there's so much to learn. Yeah. I'm curious if there's anybody online that you want to shout out or any artists from the past that you look up to. Yeah. But the internet makes everything so much easier. Sure. Even like I'm trying to find inspiration for a product, a project and I just need to do a Google search and there's, there's so many examples and, and yeah, it's amazing. But uh, we all know this. <laughs> um, online inspirations, like non-local artists that I really like. Um, one of my favorite artists, her name is Audra Auclair. Um, her last name, her that's not her last name, her artist's last name. Sure. It's spelled A-U-C-L-A-I-R. And um, I like her so much that's that I bought one of her books. What's this here? Fragments. And she's coming out with another one that I'm probably going to get. What does she do? What um, what can we find? She does a lot of portraiture, just like me. So, so yeah, she does a lot of like she does a lot of like female figure and surrealism. Um, She's really inspired by Japan and um, anime and you know like monsters and demons. Um, So yeah, she's amazing. I and I've. um, I've learned a lot. I've, how do I want to say this? I have, um, like, added her style to my style, kind of. I've, like, adopted some of her style on my own. Cool. Um, so, yeah, her, um, there's a super awesome artist called um, Lauren YS, and her Instagram tag is Squid Liquor, and okay. she's also, like, she does a lot with the female figure. Um, just weird. She she does she has like some erotic art that's really interesting. Um, very creative and just like out there. Um, so her and then um, let's see, let's name one other person. I wrote it down. Um, not gonna be able to find it though. Oh yeah. Um, Oh, Tori Thayer. She's from here, but she doesn't live here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you know her? Yeah. Yeah, she lives in Portland now. Well, she's an awesome artist who I've, I've followed for a long time, and she really inspires me. So, um, tattoo. Oh, Shout out to Tori. Tattoo. Yep. Awesome. So, yeah, those are just some of my local artists. Cool tattoo. Yeah. I know. I love it. I get a lot of compliments on it. You're listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Head over to Facebook, like Rochester Groovecast, and mark our page as C-First to keep in touch with everything new. Now, back to the show. When you're designing tattoos, what what, uh, what kind of style do you look for? Um, I do... I do, um, I, my designs, my, my art is very, like, spiritually based, um, because I find that in my life I've done a lot of spiritual studies and that's something that's inspired me. Um, I'm a, I'm all about, like, self-improvement and I, I find that in, like, the spiritual teachings. 
So um, I do a lot with symbolism, spiritual symbolism. Um, I'd like to do more with like sacred geometry, but um, that's a lot to learn. It's very mathematical, and I'm not a mathematical person. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. But um, and um, I like to put anatomy and um, flora in my designs too. So very cool. yeah, very cool. I'm a Aren't such a <laughs> visual thing that. Talking about it almost seems obscure at times to me. I want to see it. I want to touch it. I want to feel it. I want to... Yeah, <laughs> it's it's easy to not be able to find the words right to, to describe something visual. Right. Yeah. And that that is what's so amazing about music. What's so amazing about art. Um, I was thinking this earlier. We didn't touch on this, but when a band goes up and plays a concert or when you complete a piece, that's not just the three hours that it took to complete the piece, the eight hours it took, the the two hours they were on stage. It's all the practice that went into that. It's the life experience. It's the learning. Mm -hmm. It's the mistakes. It's the honing the craft. All encompassed in one moment. Yeah. Um, in music you can record it and share it in art it's literally an original piece Yeah, you can print it but it's all of that experience and learning is encompassed in one original piece Yeah. so I understand if people don't um, I understand if people don't value art at a certain amount but I think it's ridiculous for anyone to think that it isn't of high value and when someone says oh that's too expensive that's more them saying I, I don't value art as much as I should because it of course is worth so much that I'm just trying to wrap my mind around the time and effort and the experience that goes into mm-hmm. these accomplishments or is there any like pieces or accomplishments that you're like super proud of um, yeah, I, I have a few here that I can show you. This is, this is a Buddha head that I made. And like a lot of people who are watching this have probably seen these, but this is a watercolor painting that I'm really proud of. Um, and then this is, I'm just going to say this quick. If you're listening to the podcast and not watching on the live, Go to Enlightened Studio on Instagram because you'll you'll see a lot of these there. Yeah. Cool. And if you're watching live, even better if you're listening, come to these Facebook lives. They're cool. Yeah. But go on. Yeah, I haven't really – I've seen a few of your lives, but um, I'm definitely going to watch more now that I'm doing one myself. This is really cool. So, yeah, this is a rattlesnake that I made that I'm super proud of. This is one of my favorite pieces that I've done. Um, and then this is a recent portrait that is like, I'm really proud of this. This is like one of the best portraits that I've made lately. So I posted this one on social media. A lot of you have probably seen it, but, um, I'm kind of like, I kind of want to put it on my wall and not try to sell it. (laughs) So yeah, these are the, I'm going to have a hard time parting with all of these when it's time for them to go. But, um, Trying to make money, you know. What's that? I got a stomach to fill. (laughs) 
What's that? What's that feeling like? Obviously, selling the sticker or print is a little less of an emotional experience mm-hmm. than when you're parting with one of your best pieces. What is that feeling like? Having to give it up. I don't have as much of an attachment to things as I think some artists do. Like some artists, like have a really hard time getting rid of things. Some artists like keep a lot of their work. I haven't kept a lot of my work over the years. Um, I pretty much make things to give away, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think I had an easier time doing it, but it's still like, for example, this Buddha head, like I've had this for a while. I made it in October and I haven't tried to sell it until now. Cause I've really, I've, I've had it on my shrine and I've kind of developed a relationship with it, but, um, I think it's time to let it go, you know, and, and let somebody else enjoy it if, if they, if they connect with it. And that gives me a happy feeling knowing that somebody else has a connection with it the way that I do. And somebody else is going to look at it and, and be inspired by it and find joy in it. So that makes it a lot easier to depart with things, knowing that they bring happiness to others. Right. Yeah. No, I like that you said that, that you're not too attached to most of your paintings. I'm mm-hmm. thinking when it comes to a lot of Eastern spirituality and specifically the concept of a mandala, mm-hmm. it's something that I don't know if you know about this, but they basically spend days upon days designing a beautiful sand, amazing piece of intricate sand art. And, you know, they prayers, meditate, and then they just wash it away in the sand. They wash it away in the water. Yeah. And move on and create a new one. Yeah. It wasn't even kept or saved for someone to cherish, but they're so engaged in the process of creating something beautiful that that's more important to them than the actual holding on to that beauty. Mm-hmm. It's a cool thing. Yes, absolutely. Non-attachment is really important. That's attachment is something that holds us all back, and it's important for our growth to be able to move on and leave things behind. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, <laughs> it's truth. Oh, man, where do we go from here? I almost feel like we just, like, might as well digress to the meaning of life. But that yeah, kind of... 42, <laughs> right? Is that it? Or 24? 42? I don't know what that means. From um, the, the galaxy, um, like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or whatever. Okay. The meaning of life is 42. Nah. No, I get I Okay. <laughs> so... I know of Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy, yeah. but I actually haven't. It's a book. Is I haven't read well. the book or watched the movie. Right. But so. you know that. Yeah. That the meaning of life is 42. Yeah. It's simple. I'm curious. I want to know where they came up with that. There, I, I heard that the author just kind of like just came up with it, but yeah. there's all types of theories out on the internet that like explain it. Mm-hmm. You know, and explain it enough to make it make sense. Right. If people have a lot of time on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of hope that he just picked something random. Yeah. Because it, it's just funnier that way. Because mm-hmm. is there really a quote-unquote meaning to life? 
Um, I mean, meaning, probably like purpose, maybe. Sure. But meaning, I don't know. I, just, so. I think it's impossible to define this is the meaning of life. I mean, yeah. what are the words, they're constructs anyway, so there's mm -hmm. no way we can perfect the meaning. Mm -hmm. And so much art's different, and so much, you know, beauty in this world. I almost feel like the meaning is just enjoying the beauty around us. But mm -hmm. what is that a meaning? Mm -hmm. I feel like something silly like the number 42. Why can't that be a meaning of life? Mm -hmm. We choose our meaning, right? Yeah. But, oh, man, this is the kind of thing I need to sit down and think about before I jump on camera and start talking about it a little bit. There's this idea that I really like um, that I think many people may have heard of this by now, but um, the, the point of life, or maybe not the meaning, but life is the universe experiencing itself is something that I've heard before that I really liked. Strong. Yeah, have you ever heard that before? I think so. Yeah. That's, that's our purpose. And that's, again, going back to, like, the difference between meaning and purpose, mm. which I don't have the capacity to, to explain what the difference between those two are, but there's definitely a difference, you know? Do you... What do you think about that? Like, the difference between, between meaning purpose? and purpose. Um... When I think purpose, I think intentionality yeah. and reason. Yeah. Um, like the purpose is to create something beautiful. Mm -hmm. The meaning behind the beauty is kind of abstract. Yeah. So like my purpose is to, in this scenario, my purpose is to create a podcast that opens people's minds to new musicians, artists, experiences, ideas, talks about uh, real conversations with real people about being a person in the Rochester community, being a traveling artist. Uh, that's the purpose behind the podcast. It's to have real conversations with real people to get genuine responses that have meaning. Mm -hmm. But what is the meaning behind what actually comes out of it, I, I don't know. I think it's different for everybody, and it's different for every conversation. Let's look it up in the dictionary. Let's look it up. You can always go to the phone if needed. There's nothing like a good, tangible dictionary. Oh, got it. There it is. All right, folks. We're going to figure this out once in a um, How the heck can you just define it in a sentence or two? Let's see what they've got. Or in like a couple words, <laughs> which is what's going to happen here. Where's M? I'm actually excited. Um, this is the first time someone's pulled out a dictionary. I love dictionaries. I used to have a really good vocabulary before I became socially anxious. Yeah. <laughs> and then I stopped talking and then I lost a lot of my vocabulary. Um, you still know the words? 
Um, I mean, I think that um, if I started practicing being social again, they would come back to me. But um, I have to pull them out. It's a meaning. So the thing one intends to convey, especially by language. Also, the thing that is thus conveyed. So the thing one intends to convey is the meaning. Um, so how do we relate that to the meaning of life? Implication of a hidden significance. That's a good one. Yeah, that makes sense. What is the implication of a hidden significance of the universe? <laughs> Now, what's, um, what else do we want to look up? Um, let's do the finger game. Hold on. Here. The setting thing? Yeah. Stop it. Okay. Now just, like, move your hand around the book. Anywhere? Yeah, and then just stop. Like, like move your finger around. Okay. My eyes and are then, closed. Okay. Yeah, and, I'll, and I'll tell you when to stop. Oh, just, okay. Yeah. Stop. Okay. You kind of land. You kind of landed on two. So, Sultana is the first one. Sultana. Never heard that word. Sultana. How do you spell it? I mean, it sounds like S-U-L-T-A-N-A. Got it. Um, one, a female member of a sultan's family. Hmm. Interesting. It's not what I would have guessed. Two, a pale seedless grape. More like it. Da, 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 da. The more you know. And then, um, oh, also a raisin of this grape. A pale seedless grape or the raisin of said grape. Sultana, apparently. All right. Yeah. And then the other one is sultry. Sultry. Yeah, you have to whisper it. Sultry. Um, to, yeah. to swelter. Swelter. Yeah. What does swelter mean? Um, I think I know what it means, but it's one of those words like you know what like you know what it means, but you don't know like you can't like put it in words, you right. know, unless you really think about it. Um, very hot and moist. I don't. I didn't know that's what sultry meant. I thought it was more uh, a tone. Like seductive. Yeah. yeah. Is there any more on there? Um, <laughs> exciting sexual desire. There so go. that's like, yeah, that's the seductive part. So sultry, very hot and moist. So I'm feeling very... Um, so if I'm feeling very hot and moist right now, how do I say that? To salter, to swelter. To swelter. It's weird. It's a little toasty in here. It's hot. Yeah. yeah. It's hot and moist humidity. in here. It actually was very humid today. I don't know. I don't go outside anymore. <laughs> I'm just on my computer all day, literally. I hear that. I hear that. So, yeah. 
Well, um, <laughs> what, uh, what else are we going to talk about? Is there anything that I, I didn't ask you that kind of made a note of that you want to chat about? Um, there was something about failure versus success. Like, you had a question that was, um, like, have you, are there any failures that you felt set you up for success? Yeah. It, you know, something that apparently was a failure, but if anything, it was, I actually, this is a quote that I stole, um, and I'm not going to say it exact, but uh, the analogy is, you know, I'm building a house. Mm-hmm. My failures are still bricks in the house that I'm building. So, you know, you have a success, place it down. You have a success, you place it down. You have a failure, you're placing it down, and it's still... Something a failure is something that apparently feels like a failure, but it actually levels you up higher mm-hmm. and might actually end up being an apparent success. And yeah, has that anything like that happened in your life? Oh, all the time, <laughs> all the time. And I like to to say failure. Um, I don't like to call it a failure right. so much. Like it's more of a setback. Sure. I feel like there are definitely failures. Like I feel like a failure is defined as something that you you mess up that you can't do again. You know, you only get mm-hmm. one chance, and if you get it wrong, then you fail. Like if you, you know? do something and you're in jail for your life, you're kind of a failure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, like like you're raising your kids and. Um, you made some mistakes, and now they're even messed up. You know, you failed as a parent. But um, that's intense. Yeah. But anyway. And we're not talking about <laughs> any of... Your kids are going to be fine, everyone. Your kids will be fine. Just don't fail. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I definitely had a lot of setbacks. Um, and, you know, this, this might be a kind of generic, you know, vanilla answer but I feel like all of my failures, all of my setbacks have set me up for where I am now, Mm. you know, because like every setback you have, every mistake you make, you learn from, you know, every mistake, every setback, you're like, okay, let me take a step back, analyze this, figure out what I need to do to do better next time to grow um, to handle this situation in a different way next time so that I get a different outcome. You know, everything that happens does that for you. So I'm a way stronger person than I was three years ago. I'm a way smarter person than I was three years ago. I'm much more business savvy than I was three years ago. Like, I'm way more confident to say this is how much I want for my work now. Um, because I have so much more experience and I have more confidence and confidence is still hard. And I definitely still falter because I'm, I'm just starting out. Um, and, and I need the work. I need the projects in my portfolio, mm-hmm. but you have to be strong. You know, you have to know your value. And even if you don't know you're valuable, you have to know that you are valuable. You know, what you're doing has value. Somebody asked you to do something for a reason they seek you out for a reason. So, so yeah, yeah. that's my answer. That'd be resilient. And, and you're right. They need what you have and they need your skill. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, it's competitive. You know, they can get it somewhere else, and that's tough. But um, but it's like, okay, well, if you're not going to get it from me, who else are you going to get it from? And are they going to be able to do what I can do? Right. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be getting something totally different. I'm the only one who can do what I do. You know. So, and we all we all offer something, but it's unique from every one of us creative mm-hmm. people. And we all have a, a gift off for the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. So true. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Uh, I mean, it might be for someone. What if we missed? <laughs> I, I'm, we, we pulled out a dictionary. Um, we got to watch your artwork. Um, I talk to a lot of musicians and a lot of the conversations... I find I ask a lot of the same questions. Uh, it's been fun yeah. to be chatting on a topic that I talk about a little bit less. Mm-hmm. You named a lot of great artists today, and I think I'm going to reach out to some of them to have them on here as well, get their point of view as well. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Yeah, absolutely. What did you eat for lunch today? I had, um, oh my gosh. Well, shout out to, it'll come to me in a second, shout out to Project Lean Nation. They have, uh, they're actually on South Clinton in Rochester, New York. They make um, ready-to-go meals that are healthy and easy, and they're incredibly cheap. Every time I pick up meals, I like to get a smoothie there because their smoothies are incredible. Yeah. Wait, they're like local meals that you can put in your freezer? Um, They come frozen. Um, but they freeze them as soon as they make them. Is it like a HelloFresh type thing? Same concept, yeah. Dude, support your local businesses. Mm -hmm. If you are using a service like that, Ben is talking about a local business who does this. Open your ears. What are they called? They're Project Lee Nation. Okay. Um, they're on South Clinton in that plaza with tops and places like that. Um, I've also went through, I love meal services, because I'll be honest, I'm not a very good cook. I'm decent, but I, when I go to the public market and when I buy a lot of vegetables, I always overbuy and it goes bad or I cook too much. And These are great if you're lazy and you don't want to cook lunch. I've also went to Effortlessly Healthy. They do meal plans. They're known for the food truck with the healthy garbage plates. But today... For lunch, I actually had their burrito bowl, which is rice and beans and chicken and salsa. The classic these days, the burrito bowl. So good, so good. And obviously with a service like that, what's cool about Project Lean Nation, again, support local businesses, is if you sign up for a meal service, you don't just get the meal service. They do two other major things for you. They actually treat you. They, they, you ultimately get a personal consultant. They'll sit down, talk to you about your needs, talk to you about um, what you want to accomplish. I was in that silly situation where I just wanted to be lazy and eat healthy. I didn't have a specific, but if you want to go keto, if you want to go low carb, if you want to go high protein, they'll actually put together a plan based on their selections just for you. And the other cool thing they have is 
I don't know what it's called, but you stand on it and you put your hands on it and it takes like all of your details. Like it takes your BMI, your bone density, um, things like that. Just uh, by scanning. How can I take your bone density? Um, the bone de- or the weight of your bones. How can I possibly calculate that? Don't ask me. <laughs> I actually haven't done it in about six months, but it's a cool thing. You actually get to, to use that I think like once a day. They let you. So long story short, shout out to Project Lean Nation for doing more than serving you food, but serving professional health services. Yeah, they're nutritionists. Being nutritionists on yeah. the site. That's important, guys. <laughs> nutritionists. People don't utilize nutritionist services enough. Right. Like, we, we don't eat right. And a lot of people, like, different body shapes need different, have different dietary needs. Sure. You know, need different amount of carbs, different amount of fats, different amounts of protein. Um, you know, people have different dietary needs, especially if you're, um, like, if you have dietary sensitivity, you know. You're just, like, because you can't eat certain foods, you're just missing a whole block. And yeah, yeah, people take that for granted, for sure. Yeah, I don't do it either. I should. Yeah, you eat pretty healthy. You've been I do. Cleansing. I don't know if we want to dive deep into that, but Jeanette is also a nutritionist health consultant on the side. I am. Which is a I, cool thing. I'm an independent consultant for a company called Arbon, and we sell health and wellness products. And, um, yeah, I've been, as well as art, I've been studying nutrition on my own for a long time since I was like 21 because of my own dietary issues. So, um, I have a lot of knowledge. I'm not a nutritionist, but I still have a lot of knowledge around that from from my own journey. So yeah, yeah, I do that too. I appreciate that. And it's it is important to note that to become a nutritionist is like a certification um but there's a lot of people that might not be certified in this more than just nutrition but certified in this that that if they've got experiences and learning i'm always open ears to hear what they've learned and what got them there because a lot of the most brilliant people have no education at all mm-hmm yeah. And if you think about it, a lot of the people who have certifications got it from reading books, sure. reading books and listening to someone talk. So, and that's what I've done. Right. You know, I've read books and I've listened to people talk. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, there's a lot that I haven't memorized, which you have to do in order to get through school because you have to take tests. And there's a lot that I don't know because my knowledge is kind of specialized because of like my own personal experiences. But yeah, just, you don't have to have a certification to to know things. (laughs) I've been wondering, so let's use uh, an attorney as an example. Uh To become an attorney, you need to go to school for what? Eight years. You need to go through all these tests and examinations. But in order to become an attorney, ultimately you need to pass the bar. Yeah. If I didn't go to any school, I have none of the school experience, but I can ace the bar and I can go in 
and I know the rules and I can ultimately be persuasive and assertive and do a good job representing someone, why the heck can't I be an attorney? What is with these specific regulations? If someone is incredible at something, why not? Um, There's a lot of people that go to art school and are geniuses. There's a lot of people that never do and are geniuses as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's art is definitely one of those careers that it's easy to, to not have to go to school for it. Right. I feel like computing also, you don't have to go to school to to be able to write software and computer programs. You totally done that on your own. Right. But like law is so there's just so much. It's so complicated. It is. Like and, and being a doctor. Right. Yeah. That's that's a serious one. Yeah, there's certain things. I definitely wouldn't want my surgeon to lack field experience. (laughs) That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, he can get away with it in some cases. We've digressed a lot. I want to hone it back in, but I'm curious if you want to digress anymore and if you have anything else on your mind. Um, no, not really. Um, I think this has been a great conversation. We've been talking for probably like an hour, yeah, if not more than that. I think that's pretty good. Um, it's if fun. you're still, if you've watched this whole thing, kudos, thanks. <laughs> really appreciate it. And if you're yeah. listening to it, uh, I'll be honest. I like going live because it grabs people's attention. Um, there's a element of surprise. You know that this is raw. It's genuine. There's not a million cuts and edits. This is unscripted. That's why I love going live. But personally, I wouldn't be watching the video if the podcast was live. I'd be listening in my car. I'd be an hour-long drive, hour-long podcast. So if you're listening, um, we love you just as much. If not, uh, well, I shouldn't say if not more. What am I? We love you all equally, whether you're watching live or listening. But if you're listening to the podcast in its full form, you get a little bit better audio. I put a little bit of time to edit it and make it sound a little more crisp. You get the intro, the outro. Um, So I encourage anybody who's watching, you can go back and listen to all of these podcasts. There's, what, like 80 of them. And we've only been doing these live streams for a few months now. So this is a new thing. There's tons of stuff that uh, hasn't been on Facebook that you, you, should, you should check out. You should share this. You should follow Jeanette and Lighted Studio. Um, if you're listening now, if you've made it this far, if you skip to the end, um, we appreciate you. And the best thing you can do is to support and the easiest way to support it doesn't always have to be monetary. If you tell a friend, I enjoyed this because of this, and you should listen because of this. Just saying, you know, hey, I love that Jeanette took Ben on tangents and had him confused and they read out of the dictionary. You should listen to this podcast. That's the easiest way to spread the love. And don't just do this for us. Do it for anyone you appreciate or any small business or creative uh, that you want to support. Um, there's a question that I ask every guest. 
I don't, I, we talked a little bit about the questions beforehand, so I don't know if I'll stump you, but I stump a lot of people. I'm um, wondering if I should get rid of this question because it's that epic question, but I think you'd be open-minded to do it because okay. we kind of got deep with the meaning of life yeah. and all that. Um, but it, it's the billboard question. So imagine you're driving down the road, you see a billboard, it's huge. And you have the control of that billboard. It's on a busy road. Um, you can put anything on that billboard. It can be a, a piece of art. It can be a quote. Um, but ultimately, you have the knowledge that everyone's going to see it, young and old, all races, all genders, all religions. What would you put on that billboard in wow. life? Um, I don't have the, I don't know the sure. I don't have the perfect answer either. I just want to tell you that. I would say um, if I had like the answer to the issue right now around the the social civil unrest and um you know the the black lives matter and the all lives matter and the police accountability issue right now um if there was something that could unite us and get us on the same page that's what i would put on the billboard and you know i don't think that thing exists because i mean i think it does exist but people are so headstrong and stuck in their own ways and in their own little worlds that, you know, people aren't always open to listening. But um, that's why I would put on that billboard. Just, like, the wisdom to be like, come on, guys. We're all in this together. We are all equal. We are all one. We all love each other. You know, let's start living it. That was pretty good in itself. I guess, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's that's the most important thing right now. I, I appreciate unity. your sentiment of not knowing exactly what to write, but wanting, you know, the meaning behind what needs to go there. Yeah. Um, I think we need to crowdsource this. We need to get some brilliant people some brilliant like-minded people that want equality in this world that want the world to be as good as we know it can be and should be to help us find that that perfect message and i see a lot out there there's there's a lot of good words of wisdom from all sorts of people floating around out there yeah you know like i said it's just it's just about listening people don't listen it's more about this is what I think and I want you to change rather than listening to each other and understanding each other and saying, well, this is what I want, but I understand that this is how it affects you and it has a negative effect on you. It negatively impacts your life, even though it makes me more comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's more important that you have what you need to be comfortable and to have a good life, you know, and not be discriminated against than for me to be comfortable, I guess. Yeah, everybody listen with your heart. Take care of each other.
I think we can overcome this. Yeah, I think so too. I think love wins. Okay. I feel like love always prevails. It's just, it's hard. It's, it's a long battle. But we will prevail. You will. Yes. And I've loved this conversation. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And thanks for cool. listening and watching. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. Share this with a friend and tell them exactly why they should listen. And don't forget to keep it groovy, baby.